Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. This is going to be, I think, a controversial and tricky little review that we're going to do. With this movie, uh, Better Watch Out, from whatever year it's from. Uh, also seen as safe neighborhood yeah. in some searches. Weird. Because of some film festival or something, it was oh, presented right. as that. Right. I'm just going to say right up front that there is a big twist to this movie that happens early on, like about, about half an hour in. Uh, yeah, about a third of the way into the movie. Yeah. So... We can't talk about the movie at all without spoiling it. I didn't watch the trailer, but I heard that even the trailer doesn't spoil this twist, even though it happens so early in the movie. So basically, people watching this movie go in not knowing what they're going to see. Like, Thinking they're getting one kind of movie yeah. and getting an entirely different kind of movie, which is a dangerous thing, a, a dangerous, dangerous game to play as a movie marketer. Indeed. It's a little tricky. And... I heard that it's supposed to look like from the trailer as a uh, like a, a black comedy version of Home Alone, which I get where they're getting that from parts of the movie, but that's not the movie. It's not at all the movie. And so and the movie is not super funny. It's it's got some funny parts, but it had some parts that made me laugh uncomfortably. Yeah, exactly. Um but not the same as like Ready or Not. There were parts where that were funny, and I laughed yeah. because I was reacting to the funny, and then thinking, "Ooh, I'm uncomfortable that I laughed at that." Like it's different. <laughs> These were I laughed because I was uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, it's very dark. Yeah, and here's the synopsis. Not before getting into spoilers, it's a movie where a babysitter goes to take care of a kid and. Like a home invasion happens and she does all she can to try to keep herself and the kids safe from this home invasion. And then like on IMDb and everywhere else, it'll say something along the lines of, but it's more than it appears or, you know, this home invasion might be more than it seems. And that's true. And that's where we get into the spoilers and the twist. So if you'd like to see this movie, you should run away now. Otherwise, here we go. We're about to ruin it for you. Here it goes. So let's get the twists out of the way it seems as though a home invasion has happened and then and then haha the friend of the kid she's babysitting babysitter is ashley she's babysitting luke and his friend garrett surprises them at the front door oh haha it wasn't a home invasion it was him just messing around then they hear a noise upstairs wait a minute it wasn't just him and there's a thing you know Oh, we're, I can't believe you were in the backyard. I wasn't in the backyard. Right. Oh my, there's there's a real home invasion. So now Luke and Garrett are being protected by Ashley from mm -hmm. some unknown, you know, shadows outside the windows. And, and I do want to say they were being protected by Ashley. That was very impressive. Oh, yeah. She was like, you stay down here. I'm going to go upstairs in this other people's house for a kid that is not related to me yeah. with a knife and just fight off whatever's up there. Oh, but yeah. She was taking her responsibility very seriously. That was impressive. 
So there's all the trauma of Ashley and the two kids being chased around by these scary individuals. There's a brick through the window that says, you leave, you die. Mm-hmm. And eventually Garrett gets so scared that he's like, I'm out. I'm going to go home. And he bolts out the back door. And he appears to get shot. And they shut the door and they are inside trying to hide. And now people come in the house. There are people stomping around the house looking Mm -hmm. for them with shotgun. Well, there's a person looking around for them with a shotgun. They're hiding. Then they get caught. Oh, no. Guy with the shotgun is right in front of them. And Ashley figures out that it's Garrett. Right. She's like, hey, that's your mask. So, ha-ha again. Same ha-ha, but on a bigger scale. Garrett was messing with them. And that's when we hit the real twist. Ashley's very angry. And she's stomping off. And Luke is like, wait a minute, Ashley. And she turns around and he slaps her so hard that she falls down the stairs and is knocked unconscious. Not killed, like it kind of looked like. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that the whole thing was Luke wanting to tie her up and engage in a whole series of terrible, terrible crimes. Right. So basically, he's in love with her. She's like 18, about to go off to college. He is 12. Yeah. He's in love with her. He doesn't like the the men that she dates, thinks they're terrible, and wow. has has decided that he will be he's the right person for her. Sure. And we just went down a big rabbit hole trying to determine the difference between psychopath and sociopath with the help of Google. And what we are seeing is that if he were an adult, he would be classified as a psychopath. He has all of the, you know, lack of empathy, lack of emotional connections, narcissism. He's charming when he wants to be. He can imitate normal human behavior yeah, very well. He was convincing. But underneath it all, he doesn't have any remorse or caring for any other human beings aside from himself. It, he's completely driven by what he wants in each moment. So because he's 12, he doesn't, he can't possibly have any of these diagnoses. Like, I'm not sure exactly what the requirements are, but I know that sociopathy can't be diagnosed until you become an adult. And part of that, one of my notes actually was how part of the reason for that is that normal teenage behavior and sociopath, psychopath (laughs) type behaviors, you know, things that could end up putting you in that category tend to have a lot of overlap. Yeah. I was going to make a joke about that, but you said it for real. <laughs> I mean... Very true. Yeah. Which, in this movie, was what he was very obviously not a normal teenager, but his friend Garrett was <laughs> kind of a normal teenager and actually was doing some pretty horrible things, yeah, too. Was willing sure. to go pretty far along. That poor kid. So, and while we're talking about twists, there's, there's one final twist at the very end where we find out that he's doing this not even really because he's in love with Ashley, but because he wants his mother to love him again. We find out that he said that. We don't find out that that's true. I feel like that's manipulation. This is where we're going to start disagreeing (laughs) about this movie. Because I see what you're saying, and it's very possible. And the reason I went the other way is that when Ashley refused to tell him, like there's that point right mm-hmm. at the end, you know, he's talking about that and she says, well, I know why she doesn't hug you, like why she doesn't rock you at night or what. There was something that he was 
that he was yeah. like, she doesn't do this anymore. And Ashley was like, well, I know why. And that was the first part where she was in control. Yeah. And he wasn't because he so badly wanted her to explain to him why his mother didn't come and rock him to sleep at night yeah. anymore. And when she wouldn't, like, she just flat out, like, she closes her eyes, she stops talking, and she's like, I'm I'm out, I'm done, I'm not. She just disengages completely, and that's the point where he finally kills her. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me feel like there was some truth to that statement. I mean, I see that, but it's, I think it's closer to that's the story he's built in his head. Mm. Because, I mean, he is, I mean, we can reasonably say he killed this other kid's gerbil on purpose mm-hmm. and he was m- moving up the track towards serial killer all mm-hmm. his life and mm-hmm. he's a psychopath who was gonna do this and this is the story he's built around that that's possible i mean yeah i don't know editor's note at this point we went on a sidetrack for a good 15 minutes about how psychopaths work and sociopaths and what they mean in society and whether lawyers are psychopaths or not. It went on and on and it was sort of interesting, but this podcast, as we recorded it, was well over an hour. So I got to trim it down to half an hour. Enjoy. One thing going on in this movie is that the two kids from The Visit... Which we reviewed last year. ...play Garrett and Ashley in this movie. So it's kind of crazy that they, they're like, hey, you two are good. Right. Both come be in my movie. Right. Very strange. It was distracting to me a little bit, actually, because in The Visit, they play the siblings. Yeah, that's a little weird. And then in this case, it's the babysitter and the neighbor kid. And so, like, the relationship was a little more distant. And I kept I kept thinking it was Luke just because the Luke character was closer to the Ashley character. Uh-huh. But again, all three of these kids did a really, really nice job. Well, I thought those two kids really did. I have questions about Luke. The way I put in my notes was not that he was a bad actor, because he wasn't, but that I didn't feel like he was strong enough to play this part. And I'm wondering if it was actually his acting or just the fact that he was a squeaky 12-year-old that I was like, eh, it's not really, you know, menacing. He's not bigger than life. He's So that brings up one of my notes. So at the beginning, the Luke character is acting all tough and he's clearly the leader of Garrett Uh and he's the boss, right? And when Ashley's there and he's like, I'm going to drink this champagne and I'm (laughs) going to put my hand on your leg and I'm, you know, he was being all alpha male, right? Even though he was 12 and it was weird. (laughs) And that kind of continues. Like he gets the gun from his dad's bed and he's like waving it around and he's in charge of the situation, right? And then Ricky... Ashley's boyfriend shows up and pushes his way in. Yeah. And at that point, the note I made was, because he doesn't have the gun. He left the gun with Garrett to keep Ashley under control. So Ricky pushes his way past Luke. And at that point, the note I made was, ooh, he's all squeaky and scared without his gun. Uh-huh. Like, because it was, like, his voice was in that awkward 12-year-old range, and he suddenly was, like, stuttery and twitchy and... But was he putting on this performance as a psychopath trained in getting people to believe he's something else? And the thing is, I think it works either way. Like, (laughs) it felt like it was a conscious choice where the director was like, okay, I'm gonna let you... I'm gonna encourage you to use your, you know, prepubescent, (laughs) adolescent, like, squeaky voice in this part of the movie because it's, it's appropriate 
both for the misdirect, which is you're afraid because Ricky is more of an alpha male than you, uh-huh. and for the reality, which is he was pretending and letting Ricky think that he was more of an al- alpha male. Yeah. So yeah. I, I did notice that, though. Like, he he changed from scene to scene. You know, his his level of confidence seemed to shift. Yeah. But it felt like it was part of the story to me. Yeah, I think that was fine. It was just sometimes he would deliver a line and I would feel like that was poorly done. Mm, mm -hmm. But I don't know if it was poorly done or it was just that he is Mm -hmm. squeaky and little. Mm -hmm. and just didn't have the power behind it. One of the things I liked about his acting was he really did a nice job of portraying someone who didn't care about other people you know it's particularly the points where he would have done he did something horrible like taking the pencil to ricky's face and the baseball bat to his head and then he's like dancing down the hallway Uh or toward the end when he's you know setting it all up to look like an actual home invasion and to put all the blame on jeremy who is another of ashley's exes who he also lured to the house you know, he again, he was like sort of waltzing his way around the house and he did it in a way that was super creepy mm-hmm. because it was very believable. Yeah, he was creepy. Speaking of alpha males, this movie begins with some really questionable behavior by like four different characters, pretty much everyone but Ashley, really. And there's some misogyny in this movie, is what I'm saying. There, again, here's where we're going to differentiate because I think you use the word some and I feel like there's a significant amount of misogyny in this movie. Well, that's the tricky part because obviously Garrett is a 12-year-old boy, so he's crude and inappropriate Mm -hmm. towards women. Mm -hmm. Luke is an evil psycho. I would just like to point out that that assumption that because he's a 12-year-old boy and therefore will be crude and inappropriate towards women, which I also was like, yep, this is a uh-huh. 12-year-old boy behavior, that is part of the misogyny. Okay, yeah, going on. I, that's part of our culture. Mm-hmm. That is the way it is. And Luke, the evil psycho, has reason to be this way because he's an evil psycho. Mm-hmm. It's the mom and the dad that mm-hmm. are really wow. And it kind of shows you that Luke didn't have much of a chance. Right. They don't seem to like each other very much. They don't seem to like Luke very much. Um, when Ashley shows up as this 18-year-old babysitter, both parents sort of seem to be like <laughs> weirdly sexually inappropriate toward yeah. her. In... One of my notes was everybody hits on the babysitter. Everybody. Like, yes. I don't think there was a single character who wasn't into her. Maybe the pizza guy. Yeah, I was weirded out that that pizza guy was an actual pizza guy because they never showed his face. And he sounded like he was disguising his voice. Mm-hmm. But weird. that was a misdirect because I think Garrett ordered that pizza mm-hmm. that Luke and Ashley didn't order. Like, yeah. like Garrett was the one who made sure that pizza. Sure. Or maybe Luke ordered it beforehand and lied about it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah literally everybody else, though, wanted to get in, in Ashley's pants. It's a little weird, especially with the dad who was... Like, hey, you're looking hot, teenage girl. Right? She's like, oh, I'm getting ready to go. You know, we're moving and I'm going to go to college. And he's Uh like, did I give you permission to do that? And then there was this weird pause, (laughs) which was very 
believable because that's how I would have paused where I would have been like, that's creepy and I don't know how to respond. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and that's the uh, the thing is, you see a movie like uh, Spring Break Chicks Go Wild or something, that's a misogynistic movie taking right. advantage of women. And you it, know the message behind yes. it is women are trash and they are here simply for men to use, whatever. And in this movie, it's like, are those the characters to tell a story which features a very strong female character that is really the best thing in the movie? Mm-hmm. And or... probably one of the strongest <laughs> female characters we We've seen in a horror movie like yeah possibly. you don't get a lot of those really strong really healthy female leads yeah it's, like it's not a superhero who's beating people up right it's or or like jamie lee strong. curtis's character in halloween who is a strong female <laughs> lead but she's not super healthy no she's like, got some issues the question i mean i admit we had a little discussion before we had this discussion because this movie was difficult it was and i was like you know this is how the movie is it's got the strong female character it's like built around her and that's why these things are bad whereas soli was like it was hard because i can't put my finger on it i can't be like this is why i feel like this is overall a misogynistic movie Mm -hmm. that might accidentally have made some good points i think last night i described it as an aftertaste like just In watching this movie, there was like this low level feeling where I'm like, I don't know. And I thought about it some more since we had that talk. Yeah. And I think I would need to have more context. I think I would need to see more movies made by the same director or made written by the same people to kind of get a sense for what were they trying to say? Like, was this a movie about how great Ashley was and and her survival strategies Or was this a movie about using Ashley to create a story and she just accidentally happened to be (laughs) strong enough because that's what appeals. Like, that's the sort of ending that appeals to Uh people. Like, I don't know. Because to me, it felt like some sort of toxic males probably created this movie. And then maybe there was a female writer on staff who was like, I'll be in charge of Ashley. Thank you. (laughs) And she kind of- said last night. yeah, Yeah, she sort of snuck this- really, really strong feminist character into what felt like a toxic male movie to me. Mm -hmm. And that reminds me that at the end of the movie, there is one final, final, final twist, (laughs) which is, it doesn't sound like much of a twist, but it got me big. Like I have big notes on here. I wrote yay in all caps. It literally saved the movie for me. For me too. My note actually said that I was super mad at the movie. Okay, because just to not beat around this luke kills ashley and when that happened i'm like oh she's not really dead obviously that can't be but then the movie went on and it was like yeah she's just kind of dead and right he sets up the whole scene he he's back in bed his parents come home nice and safe find the bodies the cops show up and his mom is hugging him (laughs) like he always wanted and then finally at the very very end they're like, oh, was this even after the credits started? It might have been. Because there was a chunk after the yeah. credits. Yeah. So really far in the end, uh-huh. one of the cops yells, this one's alive. And they take her away. And it's extra good because she's being taken to the ambulance. He's looking out the window at her. And she just gives him the finger. Right. She sees him <laughs> and she's just like, the bird. It was awesome. So it's very possible 
like I was talking about, you know, I would need the context. It's very possible that I could look at other things that these same people have made and realize, oh no, this was all intentional. Like this was just Mm -hmm. a really screwed up character. And it's all things that this really screwed up character would have done. And it was all done with the purpose of getting to this one end where she survives and she's going to bring him down in the end. Yeah, they have they have an extra second after the credits scene where, you know, after she's taken away in the ambulance, he like turns to his mom and is like, oh, I'm so worried about Ashley. We should go see her in the hospital. Right. Which is kind of supposed to be like, oh, no, he's going to get her. But I was like, yeah, nice try, kid. That's not happening. Yeah. Y- you've lost. <laughs> I was afraid when he said, I'm worried about Ashley, I was afraid that he was going to try to start talking about how she had had something Mm. to do with this and like try to undermine so that when she blamed him, he had already set up, oh, she's going to try to say things about me, but you know, that (laughs) sort of thing, which would have been a little, I think I I agree with you that going to the hospital, I'm like, yeah, you're not going to win. Like she's... If you try, she's going to get you at some point. But if he had done the psychological route, you know, having seen his mom, I believe that she, like, if she decided that her son was the innocent, then she would have, like, gone to the mat. Like, that Mm -hmm. would have been the hill she died on. And he would have used that. And potentially, Ashley could have ended up in some trouble. She would have Beverly Goldberg that one. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I think we've already kind of covered what I wanted to say about Ashley, but I want to just reiterate one more time that this is one of my favorite characters that we've come across in a very long time. (laughs) At the same point that things started to go south and Luke, who had been pretending to be all mature, lost his maturity and started acting like a little kid, Mm -hmm. which we learn is acting like he wasn't that but but he started acting like that when things start to go wrong ashley goes from kind of laid back like oh i'm having a hard time making this kid stop drinking from the champagne bottle like (laughs) i was sort of like she's not that great at doing her job (laughs) when stuff actually started to go wrong she kicked it into high gear and she was like ready to defend these kids to the end. Yeah. And then when it turned on her and she had to defend herself, she was ready to do that to the end. Yeah, there was only one part that bugged me about that, which was when she actually gets loose from her duct tape and she's out there, she's got a gun, she's pointing it at Luke, and he's like, yeah, whatever, you're not going to shoot me. And she finds out there's no ammo in the gun, so she can't shoot him. At that point, she decides to run away. And I'm like, you're 10 times as strong as this kid, and you've got a chair arm strapped to your (laughs) arm. You could beat him senseless in two seconds. Well, you had said that he hit Ashley and she went down the stairs at the beginning. Yeah. I think he had the gun in his hand, and that's why it happened. Like, I think he pistol whipped her. That's And that's why she fell so hard. It wasn't just a slap. Yeah. She had the gun in her hand. Like, pistol whipped that little brat (laughs) in return. But she didn't because under it all, even though she was being attacked, even though, like, she tried to talk Garrett out of being part of it. And I think she wasn't just doing that for herself. I think she was really like, you're in danger whether you realize it or Mm -hmm. not. I need to save you with me if I can. She tried to save Ricky when he was there. Like... Yes. She was ultimately a really good 
person. Yeah. And well, and you can see like in this situation, this little kid doing this to you, you're the whole time, mm-hmm. like she was having a hard time with it. She's like, mm-hmm. come on, just stop. This is stupid. Right. And it took to that point where she was standing up there with the gun for her to really understand how bad it was because he had just killed someone in front right. of her. And even then, she fired that gun into the air. Yeah, she wasn't shooting She at didn't him. find out that it was empty because she shot at him. Yeah. She fired into the air. Like, she was the decent human being in this movie, and she stayed that way all the way through. Mm-hmm. And she did it in a way that was believable and likable. She wasn't grossly good. You know yes. what I mean? Like, sometimes there's yeah. that, like, really preachy, I'm too good for this world, I'm better <laughs> yeah, than like, everyone else person. Oh, like in... Like in 30 Miles from Nowhere. Yes, that one character who everyone hated because he was a decent human being. Yeah, she was just such a well-written, amazing female character. And to find it in the middle of this movie was just made it even extra jarring, I think. Now, speaking of how twisted and strange this movie was, you knew going in what I did, I think, that there was a home invasion, but it's more than it seems. I think I saw the it's more than it seems piece mentioned somewhere. Okay. Very briefly. So I had some ideas of what was going to be happening. They weren't what happened. Did you, what did you think was happening? Well, so really, really early on, like Ashley's on her way to the house and she's on the phone with her mom. Oh, yes. There was that thing where like she almost hit a cat or something. And so she screeched to a stop. And then when she started driving, there was a black vehicle driving behind her. Which was a complete red herring. Like, that was just a vehicle driving behind her. But I was like, oh, like, are the parents in this house, like, into some? Like, is the dad Mm. some kind of weird, like, CIA spy? And there's information in the house. And there's Mm. some kind of government agency going to break in. Like, I was wondering if it was going to go, like, espionage thriller kind of direction. But then, you know, I think Luke raised red flags with me very early on. Yeah, he was not doing good stuff. And more so than just a normal 12-year-old. And mm-hmm. maybe because I've known so many 12-year-olds, yeah, they're crude. They fart a lot. They, <laughs> you know, whatever. I'm sure they talk about sex with their buddies. But he was worse. He was creepier yeah. he was than I have ever seen a 12-year-old be. So I think it was pretty early on. Once it was, there are people trying to break into the house. I knew, I was like, oh, this is Garrett and Luke set this up. Like, this is their plan. Oh. Because because they had talked about how if you trigger the horror endorphins, the fear endorphins, yeah. that it's the same as, like, romance or whatever. Yeah, and, you know, he was going to... Right. He wanted to, her to be afraid so that she would then fall in love with him, which is terrible, <laughs> terrible toxic masculinity. But there was a mislead in that she put on a horror movie on right. TV and it was kind of working like he was getting to snuggle up next to her because she had the scary movie on she was tolerating it because well, she was I'm not saying she was right, into it because she kept you could see her thinking okay this is weird and then she'd be like he's 12 like stop reading so much into it that's what it seemed like was going on but then once Garrett came in mm-hmm. I was like oh okay that's revealed and then the guy with the gun was wandering around the house at that point yeah, I had no like, idea what? what was going on and I was completely shocked when it turned out to be Garrett yeah me too. I had this whole thing after she's first there and she's kind of taking care of Luke a little bit. A spider goes across the counter and it is enormous. It's it was big. not as big as a tarantula, but it's also not a tarantula. So like a giant normal spider, which is way creepier than a tarantula, 
And I'm like, that's not normal in this suburban house. Mm -hmm. And he takes it outside. And then later it shows up again on her face. Two of them were up in the attic. Oh, two. I didn't even realize that. So I'm like, wait, so you leave, you die on the brick is... I felt like something terrible was going on in the world, like mm-hmm. a giant spider infestation. Mm-hmm. And they're like, stay in your house. Although I don't know why they break a window to tell <laughs> them to stay in that their message. house. <laughs> throw that message at, in, through the window on a brick. Yeah. Yikes. But still, and then I'm like, the guy with the shotgun, is he like, you know, the twist is going to be he's not searching for them. He's searching for spiders or something yeah. else. And That would have been an interesting movie. Like, is, is this going a sci-fi direction? Mm-hmm. But no. Now, did you notice at the very end when he was cleaning everything up and setting it all up to look like it, w- you know, Jeremy oh, yeah. had done it all, that he like collected up the spiders and put them back in yeah, a little cage? So clearly cage. they were spider pets of his. Yeah, which explained why they were exotic spiders. Right. Okay, so there were a lot of really, really shocking scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Partly, I think, because a 12-year-old was doing them. Things that if an adult, like if Jason <laughs> or Michael Myers was walking around doing these things, I would have been like, eh, horror. Yeah. When a 12-year-old, especially a, a little kind of innocent, preppy-looking 12-year-old yes. like Luke is, does some of these things, it just amps up the ick factor. There were a lot of these elements. The one I think we should really talk about is the Home Alone paint can. Mythbusters Mythbusters call out. Mythbusters style experiment that Luke decided to do. Uh, So Ricky's tied up in a chair. He puts the chair under the stairwell, has a paint can on a rope, and he swings it out to come around and smack Ricky in the face. Because he and Garrett had been having a discussion. They had Mm -hmm. watched Home Alone. They had been having a discussion about what would really happen. Would it push the bad guy back like it does in Home Alone, or would it not? And I think... Garrett was the one who said it would just push them back because then when he's like, we're going to really test it. Garrett was like, no, 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 no. You're right. It'll let's not like, I believe you. You're right. Yeah. And I don't believe him. I didn't buy that scene. (gasps) But I also did some Googling on that point. And according to people who did the math on Reddit, grain of salt, (laughs) um, it's extremely harmful But here's the deal. It would be going about 20 miles an hour, according to their math, and it weighs about 13 pounds. And so that's smashing into your face. That hurts. They described it as equal to Mike Tyson bare knuckle punching you twice. Which obviously is going to break your nose at least, but kill you? I don't know. I mean, I feel like it would do more than break your nose. I think a lot of the bones in your face are going to be broken. Sure, that's fine though. No big deal. Here's the big deal for me though. Ricky was not taped to the floor. His his neck was not taped to the chair. He saw that coming at him. He would have moved his head and gotten like a glancing blow at worst. Like no human being would get hit by this. Unless, he would I have mean, even knocked himself over easily. Would he have had time? I guess it's possible. It was in slow motion. He no, he was blindfolded. Oh, he was blindfolded. They put the, um, That's true. They put one of his, the dad's cheesy colorful christmas ties around his okay well the thing that bugged me earlier about that scene was that no one else did anything because you swing that thing out there ashley could have just run up and smacked it aside you know like this isn't a speeding bullet right 
It was. It happened. It was questionable. I'm a little concerned because it adds to the, well, what would really happen? I'm like, <laughs> let's not encourage other 12-year-olds to do Mythbuster-style They don't have to because that Reddit thread actually showed a high-speed video of like Mythbuster-style ballistics gel over skull nice. getting hit by a paint can. Nice. It was devastating, but it was like, you know strapped in place as opposed to being able to move and sure. flex back when you get hit and all sure. that. So, so here, I don't buy it. There is a possibility that it would cause, like just your brain rattling mm-hmm. around inside your skull might cause enough, yeah. like some pretty significant brain trauma there. And that kind of a, like your your body sitting still and your head getting hit with something at that speed, yeah, so there could be thing. some kind of, yeah, like internal decapitation sort of issue very artsy yeah any at any rate i don't feel the need one of the most traumatizing shots of the oh, whole movie yeah. for me was immediately after that like already i was like gasping for air because <laughs> of the shock of it and then it just shows underneath him where just like this mustard yellow paint is mm-hmm. coming down with like streaks of red in it yeah it was well done and horrific <laughs> and appalling And it made me think of the fact that I have a flash fiction piece that I wrote (laughs) about a couple having a disagreement over some some redecorating ideas. Mm -hmm. And in that story, she bashes her husband's head in with a paint can. And I wrote it, It so it's not that scary to me. And then I watched somebody else write something (laughs) like that. And I was like, oh, that's really awful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, now I'm a little afraid to like share this story anywhere because it's really, really awful. Yeah. One last thing I want to bring up is that when they thought they were being home invaded, you know, they're like, they want to call the cops. Oh, no, the phone's dead. They want to use their cell phones. They're not working. I guess there was a jammer in use. Nobody talked about that. And like then, the computers, the well, Wi Fi? This is the thing. Then okay. they go to the computer, they open it up, and they're like, the Wi-Fi network, it's gone. What, what? Worst thing in the whole movie. That is <laughs> 10 times as traumatizing as any paint can to that, the face. That is pretty Or sexual horrific. harassment we didn't talk about. Pretty horrific. Um, it, it reminds me of one of the notes that I made, though, that is it's not easy to isolate characters like this in a modern, you yeah. know, in a movie set in modern times with all modern technology in a suburban setting. Like... There were houses yeah. right there. Like, it was pretty skillful the way the writers managed to isolate them and took away all the technology in ways yeah. that were relatively believable and kept them in the house with the whole, you know, the brick through the window and then the idea that Garrett got shot when he left. Yeah. That kept Ashley in the house. Like, she, at, after that point, she didn't, it was a long time before yeah. she decided to risk running away again. And then she almost gets into sight of other people and gets smacked with the brick again. Right. So through the whole movie, too, there are carolers walking around this, this like, suburban neighborhood. Like, she should not... Yeah, this not... is a Christmas movie, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she should not have been so isolated. But at the same time, I fully believed the isolation. Yeah. I mean, it was a fancy suburban neighborhood. It wasn't, like, you know, yeah, quarter acre lots. to each other. I'm sort of glad that we waited 
to do this review until the next day so that I had a little bit of time to kind of mull it over. Mm -hmm. I think I like it better now, having like settled with it and gotten a little bit away from how really (laughs) terrible it was, like (laughs) horrifying it was. I think I'm going to rate it higher now than I would have if we had done this immediately after watching it. Okay. That being said, I'm still not entirely sure. I'm not ready to fully condemn this movie as misogynistic garbage mm-hmm. at, a, at a core level that just happens to have a really great female character. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that that's what it is. Does that make sense? Yeah. You were saying something interesting last night about this movie, about how it felt like it was just made for the shock value. Like the Mm. idea that a 12-year-old is doing all this is the most shocking thing they could come Mm -hmm. up with. And was there any higher purpose? Yeah, I had forgotten that I said that. And gosh, I'm smart. (laughs) I know, isn't it amazing? (laughs) I I still don't know that I recognize really a higher purpose. I think it, it could be that they intended Ashley surviving and staying good throughout the whole thing, throughout her whole ordeal as being the higher purpose. And in that case... I mean, I, I can accept that. I would buy that. And if I if it had been presented in a way where I was confident that that's <laughs> the case, I would probably give this movie like a four plus. I really, mm-hmm. I, I liked it. But because I'm not confident, it's sort of like when you listen to a comedian and you're like, oh, yeah, you're funny, but I'm sort of afraid that you're being funny because you mean these things and not because you're saying them sarcastically. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm not sure if I think you're funny or not. And that makes me leery of rating it highly, which is unfortunate for them. Because maybe they're great people. They're going to suffer because of this. (laughs) I mean, maybe they're great people and I'm not giving them the benefit (laughs) of the doubt, but I'm not. So I I think it was well done. I liked the acting. There were a lot of unexpected twists, which which is a nice treat with horror movies. And it certainly was horrific. So... I'm still going to give it four cell phones in a fish tank out of five. But I think it could have had half a point or even maybe a full point more if I were sure that it was the good movie I hope it is (laughs) rather than the bad movie I'm afraid it is. You know, I was thinking of that unit of measurement. And then I thought, did we just use wet cell phones as our measurement last time? I don't remember. I don't know what movie we watched last, but it (laughs) sounded really familiar to me. But this is different. They're in a fish tank. Yes. I thought we would have very different ratings from each other. And I had picked my number when I thought that. And my number was four cell phones in a fish tank out of five. Because I really liked this. I was really bought in and it was really well done. Like, I agree that there's some questions about what they're saying. And I like the analogy of the uh, the comedian. I think that's a very appropriate. But the whole movie's about Ashley. She's at the center of it all. I'm going with Ashley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I was ready to cheer at the end of the movie. Like, I was oh, yeah. so upset at the killing part because like that did not fit this movie until it did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When she, that last scene where she flips him the bird and I'm like, oh, she's alive. Yay. She's going to survive. I I wrote, uh, good girl, Ashley, and put three hearts after it. Like, I was very (laughs) excited, too. Yeah. So, I felt good about it. Felt bad. Mm -hmm. And then good. And that transition is the best feeling. (laughs) Well, hopefully, we can feel just as good about the movie we watch tomorrow. 
Uh, discuss how we sound. I'm chewing nuts loudly. That sounds disgusting. I'm clicking my pen loudly. This is not a good example of how we're going to sound. What nuts did you eat? Smokehouse almonds. Oh.